Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. On today's episode of The Glue Guys, Brian, hey, player acquisitions have happened. Nice. Brian has a film breakdown of mm-hmm. Utah and Markeef. And then we're going to do Nets role player multiple choice quiz. Ooh. I'm going to ask Brian about all the non Kyrie KD Nets and what roles they may fill. Wow. In this upcoming 2022 2023 Brooklyn Nets season. Going to be a heck of a show. Stay tuned. Back to the glue guys. This is Mike Ursello. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys, NetsDaily.com, The Athletic. Get yourself by the paywall at TheAthletic.com slash glue guys, a subsidiary of the New York Times. Brian. Michael. Michael. Man, the Nets. Sean Marks has been busy yeah. building that championship roster. How are you? Let's friend? just relish. Just a nor- This is a normal podcast. You know, this is just we're <laughs> we're podcasting. This feels like a 2017 podcast right now, Mike. I am I am like um an an uh an animal like a dog who's been in the kennel. Okay. In the pound for years, ah. and you bring me to a nice home. And I'm peeing all over your carpet. I don't know how to live. I'm, I'm not <laughs> yeah. domesticated. I know. You're going to be talking about vaccines and who knows what in no time. I know. I'm, Vaccine, I'm here for it, Mike. Yeah. mayoral policy. Yep. We it's specifically just, got an email about no more politics, by the way, Mike. I don't know if you saw that from, from a long time, long time. Oh, really? Yeah. Can you can you say their name? Yeah. No? It was, it was, yeah. It was Sean Goodfriend, a good friend of the pod. He just, he just went all in and, you know, he was like, don't talk about politics. Don't talk about politics. Um. By the way, that was my favorite part of my the, my the my stepmom's favorite part of the episode was when I had a joke about politics. Ah, so that was okay. for well, Joni. There you go, Sean. You know you gotta um, bring more people it, to your cause. Yeah, I don't know how to do this show anymore. Okay. I don't. I don't know how to have a normal conversation about this team. I need to. We need to do this together. We need to hold hands. Okay. And you need to show me the path because here's the path. I got the path for you right here. Show me the path because we there's two new signings the Nets yeah. have made. <clears throat> Yuta Wantanabe. You, you go Yuta, huh? Yep. Is that right? Is that wrong? No, I don't want to say go, it incorrectly. No, no, no. I go. I mean, I go harder on the T. I'm just. I'm complimenting. I'm, I'm just talking about the the soft T there. Yuta. This is very very Brooklyn. <laughs> I always. I've yeah. always had soft T's. Yeah. Um, and and Markeith Morris. Um, yeah. Brian has been breaking down the film. He's been in the laboratory, I'm, picking apart the film. What do you? What can you see out of my CPU Utah is on fire? 
Um, well, here's my overall philosophy for this. I feel like Sean Marks and to some degree Steve Nash are both a little horny for the kind of position that James Johnson was filling for better or worse last year, Mike. This is my big this is my big philosophy. It's like we like what James Johnson represents, not necessarily what, what he is. What he is. <laughs> and I think that in these It's know, like conservatives who like Trump's policies but don't like the way that he does it. Nice shots fired at you, Sean. Sean. Good friend, good enemy of <laughs> yeah, the show. Got him, got him. I mean, the war it goes on. Um, but yeah, so I think what they've done with the Utah and and Mark Keith Morris signings here is um, they've they've tried to satisfy that that hunger, that deep hunger for a James Johnson esque player. Um, but they've also kind of divvied up the responsibilities. You know, they went from pure versatility chad james johnson um and they've now gone into a version of versatility but one more offensive minded one more defensive minded are you with me on this so yeah so tell me who's who so yuda if you go into yuda's deep analytics i've been i'm telling you my cpus and fuego (laughs) i've been crunching the numbers uh there's a couple things that he does pretty good pretty well and um those are interior defense and defensive rebounding things that are pretty, uh, you know, there's, there's been bugaboos for the nets since I was knee high to a pig's eye, Mike. That's, that's always been, <laughs> that's always been an issue. And, uh, and so, yeah. So anyways, I think that like, and also, I mean, you is an interesting person just in general um, for a few reasons, because he's, you know, obviously a lot younger, less, of a proven commodity than, than the other names that are in this conversation right now. Um, and for that reason, there's also a couple little glimpses of other little, you know, ceilings here and there. Obviously, you know, we try to be super reasonable on the show, Mike. We, we really yes, do try to, you know, Yuta is hopefully a really cool utility player. That would be, if he turns out to be a rotation player on this team at all, that'll be really fun and interesting for me. I'll love that, you know? But he's currently in a position... Do you have that prediction? (laughs) I don't know that I do quite yet. And especially given... um, it seems like it's hard for young guys to break out on this team. Um, You know, I, I think we have a sort of predilection for proven names. Markeith Morris is much yes. more of the uh, cast of characters we would expect to see kind of floating around the the Twitter rumor sphere um, of acquisitions for this team. So that feels very in line with our previous, um, you know, strategy going uh, to, to this point. Yuda is, I love the direction of it, taking a flyer on a young guy with maybe a, a little bit of a ceiling, um, but not not a not a crazy, you know, we're not, you know, Sending Demarcus Cousins again and, and expecting uh, the world or Lamarcus Aldridge to a lesser effect, you know that that kind of thing. So um, in my mind, the Markeith Morris you'd want to want to have a combination is an offense utility defense utility kind of splitting the difference with James Johnson. And and so there's a lot of people on the Twitters who really want the Nets to sign Demarcus Cousins, Hassan Whiteside, the Embiid stopper. Yeah, and. <clears throat> I am burnt out on the the search for the Embiid stopper, oh, just because already. I I don't know if you're going to get that as a bargain bin shopping. And it's not even September, Mike, and you haven't even you haven't even broken a sweat on finding your on bargain binning. And and it's like you know you're trying to find that perfect outfit for the wedding, right? <laughs> do you still do you still are, are you still tempted by a Best Buy bargain bin DVD selection? Like oh you're, you're oh my god, <laughs> you're digging, I, there was you're digging oh. through the Dax Shepard. <laughs> <laughs> the deck. There's actually, I'm not going to lie, because I did this very recently. 
the Best Buy, like the three DVDs in one pack, mm, mm-hmm. the combos, like there's some sort of overarching theme yeah, between the, the, the movies. The Judd Apatow combo or the... There, there was a Paul Thomas Anderson one that was like the wow. master. Oh my gosh. Phantom Thread and I mean, name any other Paul Thomas Anderson movie Boogie that Nights. wasn't... It, maybe it was Boogie Nights, Magnolia. but it wasn't the newest movie. Okay. Um, and and I was it was like eight bucks. I'm thinking like that. So that is where I'm at. So yeah. if, if there's a DVD combo pack, like they are really maximizing the DVD combo packs because they got to get rid of those discs. Yeah. And no one wants those discs anymore. I don't even have, I have nothing to play a disc on anymore. Well, like I thought about it. Phantom Thread and the Master. And again, another PTA movie. That That is a quality pack. It's a big pack. Now, are, is Utah and Markeef that pack? Or are they the... It's missing a third piece, is what you're saying. It needs are a- they the Vin Diesel <laughs> double pack that isn't Fast and the Furious? It's Chronicles of Riddick and XXX. I think they are more likely not the PTA pack, and I think they are the Vin Diesel double action non-Fast and the Furious pack. The like I, I would love I'm I'm so appreciative of you for having takes and coming in with Utah thoughts mm-hmm. and Markeith thoughts. You know I like I've liked Markeith Morris over his career. He he has he was had a good stretch with the Wizards back in the John Wall Bradley Beal days. He's kind of a tough guy a little bit. They both fit the role that you're talking about. Getting back to the Hassan Whiteside Demarcus Cousins point is like. I'd rather have guys like Morris and Yuta as opposed to the Hassan Whiteside, DeMarcus Cousins, because I think those bigs only have like so they just there's such a small chance that they actually will have any impact on a Joel Embiid series Mm -hmm. that I would rather get a couple of like stretchy fours. You know, I really don't think Yuta's going to play that much. I I do think Morris is going to have a role in this team. You talk about the James Johnson role. He's a bit beefier. Oh, yeah. Than than James Johnson and I appreciate that beef. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I can see a path. He only played 17 games last year, and I do want to remind people that he uh, <laughs> he uh, clotheslined Nikola Jokovic in the back and nearly got in a fight with Jokovic's brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a whole big thing. That's part of why he only played 17 games because I think he got suspended for an insane number of games. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm happy. I'm happy about these moves. I think more indicative of the the Uta move than Markeith. Markeith Morris feels like a friend of Kevin, a a Kevin Durant selection, where Uta at least shows possibility that Sean Marks is actually picking the players on this team again. I don't know if that's true, but I I doubt that uh, Kevin Durant was thirsty for Uta. I believe Markeith Morris, it was like a, you know, the classic Hollywood line. One, th- one for them, one for me. Yeah. I do, you know, the Marvel movie for them, and I act in a Noah Baumbach movie for me. Mm-hmm. This, even though Noah Baumbach is making like a $100 million movie for Netflix right now, so even he's gone corporate. Yeah. Um, and actually, all of his movies have been for Netflix recently. What are, uh, what are Noah Baumbach movies for me? Um, Marriage Story. Um, sort of like People Who Talk. Those movies where people talk in them. People really yeah. liked Marriage Story, and I watched it, and I found it pretty cringe. It was hard to watch. Anyways. As a child of divorce. Oh, that hit that home. Interested. Yeah. Oh, not, got it. Uh, not, not interested. Yeah. I lived that, it, That Brian. goes either way. You know, people get a bit very interested or not. Anyways. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, Markeith Morris feels like a KD sign-in. Does he not? Does oh, he yeah. not fit firmly within, like, 
Kevin Durant remembers this guy being good at one time and still thinks he has that dog in him. Yes. And that was, I, I mean, you stole my line. I was going to say one for you, one for me. But I, I honestly, like, as far as compromises go, um, I, it's yeah. a, it's improvement. <laughs> it's improvement on the all for me, none for you <laughs> model of last year. Do, do you ever, like... I haven't heard much about LaMarcus Aldridge, but would you welcome LaMarcus Aldridge back on this team? I, mean, I know there's no roster spots to even be had, but like I've been thinking about it. Like uh, Blake Griffin, I don't know if he ended up signing anywhere. I'm going to Google it, um, but I don't think he did. I- I'm okay with Blake no longer being part of the Brooklyn Nets. I want Blake to go into his next line of work, which is just being, uh, you know, just a podcaster. Yeah. We, be like a version of JJ Redick. Oh, That's what I most want in the podcast game. Um, yeah, there are going to be some big numbers coming out of huge, um, some some huge guarantees. Uh, but Lamarcus is a guy that I've thought about. I was like, there's some good stuff there, but then there was times when he just disappeared because he's an old dude. Yeah, so I think I guess I, what I'm excited about is that maybe the Nets are actually moving on from these ancient dinosaurs. Though Keith is a bit long in the tooth for yeah. a dinosaur. I don't hate. I mean, I, I would. I think I'd be okay with Lamarcus Aldridge coming back. I do think, you know, and not to get debated into the uh, Embiid stopper like version of this, well, get, you know, get conversation. <laughs> but um, like a, a Hassan Whiteside esque, you know, an archetype of a, a Hassan Whiteside player is something that you know I think we could we could use. Nick Claxton should be that on this team, but again, like he's he's been. What's really the thing with Lamarcus and Nick Claxton to a certain extent? It's just availability. Um, they they have not been super available. I like having old man, you know, as as Mark Jackson, who we may get to know a whole lot better soon, used to say, set shot Willie of uh, Jason Collins. Um, you know, the LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, you know, offensive output, I think it's a like useful weapon to get yourself out of a out of a weird like mid game hole. You know, it's kind of a, a nice tool to, to reach into and, and have. Um However, is that a person you're expecting to like play super meaningful playoff minutes? I, I don't think so. Um, whereas, you know, having a just kind of springy, all defensive minded, like what DeAndre Jordan is not, but is, you know, heralded as for whatever team is about to get him that hasn't had him yet. Um, you know, that <laughs> you think that's coming, that, whatever, whatever that, whoever that person is. And I don't even know if he's real, Mike, everyone wants this guy to be real. Like, I don't even know if Hassan Whiteside is the Hassan Whiteside archetype. I um, really don't. I, I, I'm going on the record by saying I don't want Hassan Whiteside. And that's fine. I'm, yeah, I, I'm not like saying specifically Hassan. You know what I'm saying? Like basically a range, not rangy in the shooting way, but like like length. lengthy, uh, defensive minded, like true, true five, a big five. Yeah. yeah it, and it, it would be great if the Nets had that. But that is the least valuable position sort of overall right now in the NBA. By, by the way, I'm looking at hoop sites top free agents currently and some some names are still who have been signed recently including including Markeith Morris are still on the list but like Montrez Harrell I'm not so Colin Sexton's two Miles Bridges is one Miles Bridges is never going to get another contract in the NBA at least for a couple more years until whatever legal situation he's got figured out we will find I'm I'm doubting he'll ever play in the NBA again um Harrell isn't it for me like Harrell is a fun guy if this was the 2016 nets where like he puts up points he's can dunk he's energetic but i think he's like six four yeah and that's not what we need um lamarcus aldridge is the fifth best free agent available right now we haven't heard anything about him so i don't think he's coming back hassan whiteside this is where his stats last year 
eight points, seven and a half rebounds per game, one and a half blocks, and 62% shooting. I'm going to tell you, everyone who's going to look at his statistics and extrapolate that out and say, this guy's a valuable contributor, he just, he just over his career, teams have consistently said, we don't want you on our team anymore. He's very much like Drummond, except less good than Drummond was. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I don't have an interest in wasting a roster spot, hoping that by the end of the year, Hassan Whiteside can play 20 minutes. Like, I would honestly rather play a smaller lineup, play Ben Simmons at the five, than, than try to have this guy on my roster all year just to play you know, not even 20 minutes a game against Joel Embiid. I don't yeah. want that. I I want either a real... I don't want half measures, Brian. Mm. I want a real solution well, or no solution. There it is. And I want, I want Steve Nash to coach his way out of the corner here. Okay. I mean, really, the onus is on Nick Claxton, <clears throat> is what you're telling me. That's all I'm hearing, is that it's... Mm, that doesn't it, feel good. This is every year <laughs> is, is good, the big proving, proving ground year for Nick Claxton. Um, well... And now he's got that, that big, is, fat contract, Mike, so who knows how we'll respond to that. That is the perfect segue. Let's do this quick break. Coming back, Nets, role players, multiple choice quiz to Brian and myself, even Ooh. though I made up the questions. Uh, basically, we're going to talk about the rest of the Nets that don't involve Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back. Brian, put on your school cap. Sharpen those pencils. It's back to school time. It is music, please. Brian, play the music. Here it comes. Play the music. Nets, <laughs> multiple choice, role player exam. Ba, ba, okay. ba. First question. Okay. With each question, I will ask you a question. Okay. Duh. But then I will give you a multiple choice uh, wow. possible answer, and you tell me which choice you will choose. I might have to like screen share. Maybe I'll write these down. Let's see. All right. You ready? Yeah. Do you want me just to like chat it to you, and then you can, or you can go in our Google Doc. You know that. Oh, I can. But I'll uh, I'll I'll screen I'll. I'll G chat oh, I, can, it to you. I can Google Doc it. What am I talking about here? Okay, let's see. Okay, this, got it. And also, if I yeah, okay, you there? I'm All right. First question: What will Ben Simmons be? A All Star level. B Solid but unspectacular. Or C A non factor. Brian, mm. you're hitting me right in the, ticking. Right in the Homer muscle. 
my Homer muscle is I'm Ooh. impinged. You've impinged my Homer muscle. <laughs> and Actually, I, I did Google shoulder impingement. My shoulder did really you? hurt so bad. You throw yeah. the tennis ball around. Yeah, I've been, I've been feeling. I need the Kyrie tree. I need. I got bursitis. Yeah, now. plain. Okay, Ben Simmons, All Star yeah. level, <laughs> solid but unspectacular, non-factor. Your answer is. I'm saying All Star level, Mike. I'm going wow. All Star level. Now, does he actually oh, go to the All Star All Star game? I don't know. No, no, no. That's yeah. not what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I'm again. Like I keep saying, like the idea that Ben Simmons is just going to like be just a complete like skulking specter of himself is i just don't (laughs) i just don't believe it i i mean maybe that's maybe that's naive of me but you know and again we're just kind of pulling this out of thin air like i guess people who are right to say like who knows but like there's a pretty good proof of him being a really good basketball player for a long time so um i defer to that data set rather than the back injury slash um taking time off um version so so i'm i'm all in all star level chips are in mike where are you i think he is solid but unspectacular Mm. to begin Mm. and we'll stay there wow i I don't know i so here's the thing though even if he's b solid but unspectacular i'm fine with that because ben simmons's version of solid still should be very good defender good at pushing the ball on the break, getting rebounds and doing all of that. So let, just to remind people of what he was in the 2020, 2021 season, the last time he actually played basketball a long time ago, mm. he played 58 games that season. That may have been a COVID delayed season. Was that not COVID delayed? Yeah, it was, it would have been pushed back because wow, that's really terrible. I know, I know it was messes me yeah. up. Yeah. 14 points per game. One and a half steals, a half block, seven rebounds per game, and seven assists. So 14, seven, and seven. Very, very good. His field goal percentage, by the way, was 56%. That's because he he married shot a ball. But he did shoot 30% from three on point two attempts per game. Extrapolate that out. He's a he's yep. a bomber from deep. Um but he was first team all NBA defense. That that is what makes him special. Of course, his ball handling and his passing make him special. Is he all star level? I, the reason why I don't say he's all star level is because actually I think it, like it's going to take a minute. Mm. I would be surprised if he's like fifteen seven and seven all over again. I think what's more realistic is like a twelve five and five even though that doesn't seem all that different from 14 seven and seven yeah we're splitting hairs a little bit but okay. uh, yeah, there's some yeah. there's some hairs being split <laughs> mm-hmm. i just don't think he's like what i remember of ben simmons i don't know if you have the same memory like i just remember him being a devastating defensive force when he wanted to be which was often him grabbing the ball on the defensive end of the floor taking up the floor either passing out to a three-point shooter or jamming it into people's faces and even though he crumbled in the playoffs against the hawks there was an FU element to his game at times. I don't know. I just don't feel confident that he'll have an FU element to his game. I think he's going to appreciate the cover that Kyrie and KD will give him, but it will allow him not to be as productive as he was. I think that's the best way to describe it. I, I'm i just, well, I don't know what FU mentality necessarily means in this context, but. I just remember mm. the Jared Dudley, Ben Simmons playoff okay. series. Where remember when Jared Dudley like cl- tried to clown Ben Simmons and then Ben Simmons proceeded to yeah. take the ball down the floor every time and just and dumped it all face. over the Nets. Yeah. yeah. So that was an FU mentality. I really, as a Nets fan, I did not enjoy seeing it at the time. But now as a Nets fan, if I'm in my time machine, 
I appreciated that because that was like he was a real baller yeah. in that series. But obviously, we also remember him not dunking the ball against the I'm, Hawks. I'm hopeful that in the general disarray of this offseason, there's a coming together kind of moment where we can begin to form more cohesive offensive identity that doesn't necessarily result in a lot of just KD ISO stuff. My fear is that my only fear is that we defer to the K- KD ISO lifestyle um, too often because really what Ben Simmons, like wh- why he became at, at least to my eye, uh, why he started like, you know, it's easy to descend into dejection. It's because those possessions where you just watch Joel and Bede. Easy to descend into dejection. <laughs> where you just this watch. Incubus, system of a down. <laughs> it, it is. It is. Um, when, when you're just watching Joel and B pound the air out of the ball for 15 seconds. And like that's. <laughs> Oh my God. You're, you've drilled it. Um, just watching Joel, sitting there watching Joel Embiid either score or not is not, I think, a good fit for for Ben Simmons. So I'm yeah, hopeful right. that uh, he can he can reengage under the pretense that um, that there's just a better fit uh, with the floor composition, Mike. Yeah, I so that's I, I didn't really articulate this well enough. I just do think the cover again, the Katie Kyrie, like they're all the production that they're going to do. Is going to allow Ben Simmons to be more flowy mm-hmm. and less showy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. More of like he'll fit within the team, but he'll he won't look he won't really stand out consistently as he did with the Sixers because with the Sixers it was either him or Embiid most of the time. Obviously, there's like Jimmy Butler mixed in there at one point, Tobias Harris and people like that. But really, those were the two guys. Um, I think with this team, and I mean this as actually a good thing for Ben Simmons, his defense is going to mostly be there, and he will be a competent sort of third banana. I just don't think he'll be all-star level. Maybe I would love to be wrong. We're going to put some money on it, Mike. We're going to put some money on it. Question number two. You could give me your any answer here, but who is the best fourth net? Joe Harris. Seth Curry, Nick Claxton, Royce O'Neal, or The Field? Mm. This is an interesting one. I'm going to take out The Field just because I feel like that's... I mean, I like the question, but The Field is just too... Machine know. gun The Field, yeah. I hear you. <clears throat> um, so this is an actually... It's, it's a really interesting question because, you know, oh. s- Joe Harris is similarly in an interesting position. Um, obviously, his statistical output is quite good, and... Um, on paper, you would say like, "Oh, that's the best player." But then Nick Claxton's value is in just how rare Ooh. a player he is uh, for you. for the team. Uh, so we don't have his his value is propped up by the by you know exclusivity. He's just, there's nobody else who really is doing what he's doing on this team. Um, whereas Seth Curry and Joe Harris, quite a bit of overlap in the Venn diagram. And you know, I became a real Seth Curry guy towards the end of last season. What what's not to love there? Um, yeah. So it's a tough one. I I don't know enough about Royce O'Neal to know. Um, so I'm going to take him out too. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. Mary F. Kill. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I. Okay. So I will go. Did I answer Joe? I was going to say Joe Harris. I will still go Joe. I know he has only one ankle now. His other foot is just. It's just a foot into a calf. <laughs> There's no bendability. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it, this is a small diversion, but okay. Bruce Feldman, a college football writer with the athletic does oh. this 
annual column called the Freaks List, which is the greatest athletes in college football. Mm. There is this Austrian skier who plays for Michigan. who And at Michigan, they test the flexibility of your ankle okay. in terms of inches that it could bend. Okay? The Austrian skier is like off the charts okay. because you could have to bend your ankle uh, oh, as he's a doing, skier. He's doing the like the skis that yeah. like. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. If for for the podcast audience, Brian is just doing dandy hands yeah. up in the air, whatever this is. You know, because um, they go off the big jumps and they have to go yeah, like this. Yeah. Um, Joe Harris has a zero flexibility in one of his ankles because yeah. he decided to go in the snow. Um, I still think it's so like well, what's what's going to be diminished about Joe Harris? Joe Harris has said plenty of time to recover. Is he better than Seth Curry? A one v one matchup? I think Joe Harris's height. I think the fact that he is actually the best three-point shooter in the NBA consistently when he's out there. Yeah. Um, his ball handling is not as good as Seth Curry, but the the height and the little exercise. And Joe has had statistical seasons where he's been one of the better drivers to the hoop. Yeah. Remember that? Like a three years ago, totally. he was one of the best. I mean, people, people started clocking that, and it really shut him down over the years. But uh, as a finisher, he's good, whereas Seth Curry, is his means to an end is driving to passing, which is, you know, different, but... Both both good. I think Joe is a little bit amped up version of Seth Curry, particularly on this team. Mm-hmm. I love both of them together. Um, Nick Claxton is the interesting choice, though, because if you're going like a futures bet, if you're going to bet on a guy who has a highest ceiling, Nick Claxton switching D plus being able to be part of a pick and roll game if they're actually going to do that this year, which there's no guarantee that they will. Um you know, Nick Claxton's like the most talented of them, but it's Joe Harris. I think he's still the best fourth net yeah, um, I'm over Ben Simmons. Uh, best lineup. Question three. Best lineup. Does it include this is end of the think end of the game lineups? Okay, I think what you want in crunch time. Mm. Does it include Claxton or is Claxton Oof. off on the bench, that's, looking beautiful but not playing bad? Such a tough one. Because you're uh, to lay it out for the audience. Mm-hmm. You're going to have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. You're going to probably have Ben Simmons, unless if the Ben Simmons thing is really, really ugly. Um, you're going to have at least one of Seth Curry and Joe Harris, and you're probably going to have Royce O'Neal because you. The part of the reason why he was brought here and spent a first-round pick is the idea that he's the three-point shooting defender that really no one else is on this team. Mm-hmm. So with that combination, if you're keeping Claxton on, that means you're taking like Royce O'Neal off, or probably that's really the equation. Yeah. Or if he's off the floor, Ben Simmons is your five, KD is your four, you have Joe and Royce O'Neal and then Kyrie. You know, as always with that position, with the <clears throat> invaluable slash unvaluable uh, five defensive-minded five, it's really a circumstantial kind of situation. Um, mm, and good for you. <laughs> this is how I artfully, artfully dodge this. Um, and the artful dodge. <laughs> and I, uh, and with that in mind, I will choose neither. No, just kidding. Um, I'm going to say, <laughs> like honestly, in a in a in a perfect world where everything's we're on the way up with Claxton and everything's Gucci um, with Claxton would be great. I would love it if he could, you know, rise to all of our collective expectations. Um, is that the most realistic version of what's about to, I mean, we've done this every year for the last three years now. So, um, 
you know, and while he manages to get like mononucleosis or some yeah. mystery disease that we don't, that's not COVID yeah. and he disrupts whatever momentum. I saw on TikTok accrued. a company that's selling inflatable uh, nightclubs. So you, pr- you, you rent it and then you put up a <laughs> stay out of the inflatable nightclub. Okay. Up in the t- <laughs> that's, that's what you want to do. Cause that's that, your daddy Bry. I'm telling that's you. your advice. It's like a, yeah, it's like an upside down moon bounce basically with like a, with like a light, <laughs> like a strobe light in it. <laughs> so, that actually sounds pretty. Yeah, great. it's not bad. That's what, yeah, and the only problem Put is some it's, bubbles it's, in there. I'm ready. It's six thousand dollars to rent this thing. Um, anyhow, I looked. I went into the. I got got a price point. <laughs> I got a rep. Got a rep on the phone. Uh, no, so stay out of the inflatable nightclub, Nick, and yeah. you know let's let's rise together. Um, but nice. so I'm hopeful. So with that, I'll, I'll go with. I think that's the net yeah. slogan this year. Stay out of the inflatable nightclub. Let's yeah. rise together. Yeah, yeah. Bone goal. Bone goal. Uh, what do you get? What do you say? You're a Royce O'Neill guy. I can tell. Anytime you say his name, I get it. There's a little glimmer in your eye. <laughs> a tingle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I would love it if Claxton or Ben Simmons could learn to f- shoot free throws. The problem is that if at the end of the game, you have those two guys on the floor. The hack a solution becomes very easy for the other team to just target Nick Claxton or Ben Simmons. I've mentioned this before. God, because I love the idea of a defensive lineup that has, you know, we went to Syracuse, a two, three zone of Claxton, Ben Simmons and KD patrolling sort of the paint and, and the three point line weak side blocks everywhere. Great switch ability. Yeah. You have Kyrie as your weak point, but then Joe Harris is your two. You go from a team that's been historically small to a team that's very large and flexible mm. with all those guys. That's exciting to think about. But when you get on the offensive end of the floor, and that's why I'm actually interested to see what Steve Nash does from a starting lineup perspective, Nick Claxton and Ben Simmons are ultimately operating somewhat in the same space. Joe Harris is your only guy who's going to be like standing in the corner waiting for that shot. And then Katie and Kyrie are going to do their mano e mano thing. Mm. So offensively, it scares me. Defensively, it should be scaring the other teams. I think in the end of the games, it's going to be Ben Simmons at the five with KD as the weak side blocker. And they're really not going to have, again, you're talking about matchups, and you were completely right about this. Yeah. It's not like they're going to have, when we say Ben Simmons is the five, it's not like he's going to be necessarily guarding people in the post. It's just that he will be sort of the biggest guy, particularly for teams who use their, like a Clint Capella type who use their five in a pick and roll setting and not a post up setting. Ben Simmons is incredibly effective in that because if he's if his if Capella is picking, let's say Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant switches on Capella. Ben Simmons is now on Trey Young, yeah. right? He switches onto the guard. That's a very exciting defense possibility. So I think it's without answers B. R- random real change idea, Mike. Ooh. We've we've often heard about you know the issues with um, uh, purposely fouling players of the other team what if you know and this is this goes back into another rule idea i had a long time ago that if you get uh fouled while shooting you should take your free throws from whatever the spot is like a game of horse like if you get yeah. that which which would be fun and then if they purposely foul you when you're not shooting you get to shoot like from like six feet you know just like half the distance Still too the, far <laughs> too far or whatever it is you know three feet for for nick claxton three inches yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so anyways just adam silver if, if you're listening um just a fun idea for you and he does listen. Question number four. Does this team need a point guard? Yes. 
A is yes, B is no, it's Ben Simmons. Is Ben Simmons a point guard? And does this team... When I say need a point guard, I'm saying, and yeah, Brian and I have talked about this before, the, the archetypal backup ball handler who can kind of come in, be a steadying force on the team. What Dragic, Dragic mm. Goron was last year, uh, but maybe like with a little bit more juice in his step. Even though I, I, I would have loved it, this team actually resigned Goron. So I will. He would never come back though. He hated. I it. won't disparage. He hated it so much. The dragon and dragged us on the way out. Um, he I, dragged us. Nice. Did you do that yeah, I, I, a little bit? Um, I think I, it's actually you said just the backup, uh, but it's worth even talking about for the starting lineup there. Like, Ooh, what what is like the, an offensive set look like with this? Um, oh God, it's horrible with this whole crew. Anyways, it's a weird, it's a weird batch. No, it, yeah. it, it's it's. I mean, it could be so good. Like if we had a real, and this is why the Steve Nash like hot seat could could not. It's just a it's just a pit of lava at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because like there's so much talent there. It is hard to you know configure this Rubik's cube. Um, and is he the guy to do it? Probably not. But uh, there is a there is a solution to this puzzle. I'm sure of it. Somebody could figure it out. Mike D'Antoni could figure this out. Um, but, <laughs> he could actually yeah. really really easily. Yeah, quite well. But yeah, uh, yeah. So what? So what? So you say the point guard? Yes, is a need. I, I think yes, full full stop. And like especially if if there's a little bit of um, discomfort to start the season with our starting lineup. Even you know like not to say that we're gonna have like you know some Pat Beverly come in and like run our offense for us or whatever. Um, but, or Dennis Schroeder. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like having that as, as part of our, of our genetic makeup, it, it like with so many weird disparate parts, it, it'd be really helpful to have some stabilizing force somewhere around the way. Patty Mills, like, really can't, like we we kind of like talked ourselves into like yeah he could totally do like he really can't that's just not his position yeah he he can't handle more than like 23 minutes a game in yeah. any extended pressure beyond hitting like a shot well, and not even just that it's just like his uh, version of running an offense is just you know basically making that first pass and then getting way out of the way like there's just <laughs> yeah it's not it's so funny yeah. it's, it's such a vivid yeah. picture in my mind of that's how patty mills runs the offense yeah. Here's what kind of is exciting about Ben Simmons controlling the ball to start the possessions. There's positives and negatives. The positive is the defense is likely not to be right up on Ben Simmons because they know he can't shoot. So they're going to be guarding the paint that you can kind of do what the Bucks have done with Giannis, which is let's say Ben Simmons has the ball. His defenders like kind of guarding near the free throw line waiting for a drive. Ben Simmons with the ball does a dribble handoff to like KD coming around him, which immediately because Simmons is defenders further away gives KD that opening gives KD that space. Cause Simmons is blocking KD's defender or screening and Simmons's defender is three to five feet off because he knows Ben Simmons isn't going to shoot. Now, obviously then teams can adjust and put Ben Simmons up, bring up the Simmons defender closer if the Nets do that consistently, but then Ben Simmons can, it's a pick and roll situation, dribble handoff, pick and roll down the lane, dunk. You know, so like you can almost use Ben Simmons's weakness as a strength mm. if he's the ball handler. Um, now, I don't know if you saw the um, Scoopy Robinson report from uh, sources close to Kyrie says he's going for his MVP season. He's okay. going to get back up to MVP level, okay. which is nice to hear it into existence brother i love it i'm excited to see uh the entire nba media conglomerate vote for Kyrie as mvp that would be an impressive season to urge them to do so 
Kyrie has it in him to be a point guard. Obviously, he's been a point guard before. We just haven't seen him in Brooklyn be that. So uh, we need to see it. Uh, this team does not feel like they need a point guard. I mean, they just signed two six nine dudes. Yeah. Um, and there are point guards available. I can name them, but like Dennis Schroeder. Now, yeah, Dennis Schroeder would be horrible on this team. He'd be the last person I'd sign, but he is technically available. So Eric Bledsoe is a point guard, is available. Um, yeah. But he's no, coming off a tough Achilles injury is what people say. Yeah. So like the Nets don't believe that they need another ball handler on this team. Whilst I think that it could be heady of them to do so. Um, question number five. Mm. Does this team, we've already talked about this, does this team need to add Hassan Whiteside or a similar Embiid stopper? A is yes, B is no. It, it, the answer is yes, but it's the right Embiid stopper is yeah. the answer. I will say I, I did some deep diving, you know, fired up my, my quantum computing machine and did some deep analysis on Nick Claxton's interior defense. And while he's got good rim protection, he is a very, very bad post defender, Mike, among the worst. Um and that really jumped off the page. Uh, <laughs> so, so you know, the, there's a lot that Nick Claxton does well, and there's a certain point at which we need to just like take take some version of an answer for for what he can do and what he can't do. Um, he should probably not be playing post defense. Now, there isn't a whole lot of Joel Embiid's in general to play against, and is it you know? Is that something that we can't just double team and figure out some clever kind of more uh, crafty ways of defending people? I'm sure we can. So it's like you don't play a whole lot of players like that. Like, is does do we need a, a bam out of bio stopper at this point? Probably not. Right. Like <laughs> there's, there's him and Jokic and who else? Not many. So like actual really big guy, like post play uh, phenoms. It's just not that relevant. So I'm going to say just no. I'm going to say no to that. OK. Um, what do you say? I already said they do, but not Hassan Whiteside. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. So basically, out, so. like, I don't know what the perfect Jakob Pertle. Yeah. Can they get actually Jakob Pertle? I mean, is Daron awesome Sharper guy, you know? Well, let me ask you this question number six Young players are most likely to contribute Kessler Edwards, Cam Thomas, or Daron Sharp. What say you, Bri? You know, all these guys got a bunch of different run at a bunch of different times last season when, at a necessity, I, you know, Kessler for me, I love, I love again, like the archetype of that player. Um, and I think that that's just a, he, he's got less of the um, uh, sort of that he's got more of an identity of who he already is sort of set in mind. And that goal seems very achievable. Camp Thomas's goal of being like, I don't know what, what he like his biggest dream is, is to be like a, like Kobe effectively, I guess. <laughs> but <laughs> like that seems unlikelier by the day. Um, no, no shots at cam obviously love cam, but like, you know, there's a certain rounding out that would be beneficial if he would, if he would add some other dimensions to his game, other than just being like, I'm going to fire this sucker. As soon as it touches my hands, um, we haven't really <laughs> from seen 18 that. feet, yeah. the least efficient yeah. shot in basketball. So with that in mind, and then there's also like a version of it where the opportunity for Daron Sharp is probably better than both of those guys. Um, yeah. just because, you know, like we're saying the, the roster is there's holes there and that's, that's an opportunity. So I think I'm going to go Daron on this. I could be super duper wrong on it, but you know, I, <laughs> You know, if, if Nick Claxton does actually get tempted into an inflatable nightclub, there's going to be minutes <laughs> to be had. And those are going to fall to people like Daron Sharp, whereas there's a couple of people in and around the Kessler Edwards Camp Thomas pecking order. 
Yeah, it's interesting because like we talk about like, oh, they need an Embiid stopper. If you look at the Nets roster, I mean, one, it's obvious that they're going to play Ben Simmons at the five because Nick Claxton outside of De'Ron Sharp is the only five. And and so I'm trying to figure out how to interpret that. Like if we talk about the question is young player most likely to contribute. I guess most likely kind of has to be De'Ron Sharp because there's just a clear path, right? Mm-hmm. Like there is there are minutes at the five. We know Nick Claxton's not going to be healthy for X amount of games. If Nick Claxton doesn't play, like Dayron has to play 20 minutes or 25 minutes or 30 minutes. Like he's going to play. Uh, but Kessler is the archetype that we talk about that has the most ability to be in a lineup across multiple variations of that lineup. Like he could be, he could be a two, three, or four. He's just a shooter defender. Perfect. That's all they need. He's athletic. If he like if he worked hard this summer and came back and could dribble the ball, it's pretty easy to see Kessler Edwards being like, oh, like a fun oh look at look at the Nets. Yeah. yeah development coming back. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, but if we're then if you look at Cam, Cam's technically the most talented of them all, right? Like in sure. he had the best rookie season. He's got the star quality say? to a certain extent, for sure. But, and and we just talked about that they needed a point guard. Not that Cam is a point guard; he's a ball handler. It's not inconceivable to think, oh, actually, he's going to be the back a backup guard on this team and play fifteen minutes. Again. But here's the thing: if I were Cam Thomas and I saw the TJ Warren acquisition, I'd be like, guys, what the hell? What the heck? But like, what's going hey, on? Bud? Hey, buddy. <laughs> hey, buddy. Oh, pal. Hey, that's, um, that's you, my is that thing. how Cam Thomas talks? Yeah. Hey, yeah. Um, he, he's, he's like he's from Vancouver. He is. Yeah. Yeah. That would be alarming um, if I were in Cam Thomas' position to see the... Um, starting to talk like you're a Canadian? Like a Western <laughs> yeah, Canadian? That would be alarming if you started talking. <laughs> no, but if they, if they if somebody was just basically who's like a clone of me who's been doing it for you know a lot longer. Way higher level. At a way higher level. And you know obviously Cam Thomas wants to be more than TJ Warren, but um, you got to be TJ Warren first. That would be pretty good to be TJ Warren. Be great I'm not going to be TJ Warren. All right, let me... Great segue, Brian. I looked at the list, Mike. I did that I on so purpose. It's the first time people... Would. Okay. Uh, what... Question seven. What will TJ Warren be? If we remember, TJ Warren is on this team just to refresh people's memories. He did not play all of last year because of a left foot injury. He played four games in 2020-2021 season. Mm-hmm. So we're going all the way back to the 2019-2020 season. When TJ Warren, I think, was like awesome in the bubble, yeah, if I remember an correctly. Moment. Um, but he scored twenty points a game then for re- he's not an assist guy, but he's he's a bucket. He's a walking bucket. And he took he's been a pretty decent three point shooter, though he doesn't take a high volume, but he's been pretty good. He's getting better at that. But everyone knows what he is. He's a mid range god. Mm-hmm. But it's been a minute. Him and Ben Simmons he has been less relevant than Ben Simmons in the NBA. In terms of as a player, um, my question to you is: We're trying to quantify this. Will TJ Warren be a ninety percent of his past self? B seventy five percent? C sixty percent? Or D sub fifty percent? Basically, what I'm asking is: What will TJ Warren be? Mm. We don't know, but what, what's our guess? Like what would? And what would is, you guess? And this is why Cam Thomas should be shaking his boots. It's because we wanted a, a person <laughs> that ostensibly does what Cam Thomas does, but who just makes their shots more often. And, you know, that's that's a big thing. So, um, 
I don't really know what like the story is no, with TJ percentage TJ Warren's work ethic yeah. and like how he get like trains and gets back from things. I don't know if he's ever been injured before or whatever. Um, safe to assume he's been in the league for a long time and that he's probably pretty, you know, well seasoned in that regard. Um, so I'm gonna go like you know at least I'm gonna go eighty nine point five percent of his past self. Okay, interesting. And that's not to say um, that he's going to get enough volume to score 20 points per game. I'm not, I'm not saying the, st- the statistical output will be the same because he's just not going to have the same opportunities, but you'll get most of the effect. I, I would say even the 75% B, 75% would be pretty good for a because he's going to be a bench player on this team. He's going to be coming off the bench. He's going to be playing in the second team units with like well, that's Patty what, Mills. That's what I just said. It's volume versus effect. I, I think he's going to have the same effect with lesser opportunity to do it. Yeah, but all I was all I'm thinking about is like what this team needs out of him. Like they just seem to be if he's 75% of himself, which was like he was like an 18 point per game score. So that again, you talk about efficiency, less minutes, less shots. Okay, so he's maybe scoring nine points a game, but he's that guy who's on the bench putting up the buckets in those moments, can put up a tough bucket. And the thing with TJ Warren is that like you hope that they have this plan for him. Because if he's still a uh, still kind of coming back from injury, getting back into the flow of things, can you build him up till the postseason? Because if he's like if he's ninety percent, like you said, by the end of the season, that's a fantastic asset to have. And it kind of leads into my next question, which I'll explain. Which is eight, the last question on the multiple choice. And you've been a great student today, and I appreciate it. Which player is most likely to be traded, Joe Harris or Seth Curry? If TJ Warren, TJ Warren is not a three-point shooting threat like Joe Harris and Seth Curry, meaning like he's not rolling off screens and firing from deep and waiting, you know, waiting in the wings for that that ball to come to him. He's mm-hmm. a bucket getter. Um, but if TJ Warren provides sort of that bench solidified scoring, and as Sean Marks, when they signed TJ Warren, said he's a three-level score. If he provides the shooting. It's just another way that makes it a little bit easier to trade Joe or Seth Curry. Because I think those are the two most likely guys to be traded that aren't like, like, yeah, you could say Cam Thomas because he's, you know, he's a young guy, cheap contract. I'm talking about like real assets. Yeah. Which player do you think is most likely to get traded? Again, I think Joe Harris is making like 18 million a year. Seth is making eight. Yeah. So that's a big difference. Um, Yeah. And I feel like this is. It's an interesting question because I don't even know what I would be trading for, like in a world where we're trading either of those two guys, because those are two very similar people. Um, And so what you're getting back is, I don't know, give me an example of somebody that we're getting back in a a situation like this. Because like my, here's my actual thing is like, I don't think either of them are worth, they're both on a good contracts for what you're getting back. Yeah. So I think the the kind of guy that you maybe would want to get is... More of a defensive-minded Joe Harris, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, you still want the shooting, but you're probably going to sacrifice some level of shooting to get a guy who's better defender. So, like, kind of like Royce O'Neal. Because ultimately, if you have Kyrie out there, he's a bad defender. You, it, Joe Harris is not a good defender. He's okay, but not a good defender. If you can shift Joe Harris's shooting, bring it down a notch but then get a much better defender out there to complement KD, Kyrie, Ben Simmons, Royce yeah, O'Neal. I just can't Seth see Curry a world in which you're trading like cheap elite shooting for defense like that. I mean, it's possible, I guess. It's a, it's my I'm being annoying because I just don't think either of them are that likely to get so traded. Annoying. Oh my god. <laughs> 
<laughs> but but that's what I feel. So like because the contract is juicier, it's like Seth Curry or like that makes like slightly more sense at that price point. But I wouldn't trade Seth Curry for like a, a defense, bro. I just wouldn't do it. That's why I would trade. I'd be comfortable trading Joe Harris if you can do it. So like the teams that would want Joe Harris are the contending teams who really need an elite three-point shooter. They don't have it on the roster. The Nets technically have three elite three-point shooters, and I'm not even counting Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, right? So, like, do you flip Joe Harris to a team that really needs elite shooting for a guy who's like, I'm trying to come up with the name. Think of, like, Andrew Wiggins. It wouldn't be Andrew Wiggins, but I'm saying, like, that, like the discount version of Wiggins. Wiggins shoots 38% from three. Fantastic defender, right? So Robert Covington shot... 38% from three, and we know he's a good defender, team defender, all that baloney, Otto Porter. Now, you'd want something more than, like, Otto Porter for Joe Harris. I'm just saying, like, this team... My my, my brain holes. goes more into like if someone's incredibly horny for they feel like we're just one elite shooter away and we have like multiple picks to like, you know, do that for, then I guess maybe it's a Joe Harris situation. I guess that that sort of begins to make sense, potentially. But I still think that that's pretty, that's pretty tough to figure out. I don't know. I'm feeling pretty safe about these guys this year all of a sudden. Okay. I, I think if there's a move to be made, it's going to involve like teams are going to call about Seth Curry because he's cheap. And I think that Sean Marks is going to be like, yeah, but what about Joe? <laughs> like, yeah. like you, because I think ultimately what the Nets probably look at is you can get more if you trade Joe Harris because of his contract is higher. So that means they can bring in a guy who's a higher contract. And Seth Curry is cheaper. It's good to have a cheaper guy. He provides a little ball handling, provides a little passing. And Joe Harris, <laughs> while bigger, you may be able to get more of a, th- a true D and a three and D guy. We'll see. Yeah, you know, we'll see. We don't just, have all the answers. And listen, we did our 50 minutes of content. It's, it's August. And, whatever. And it's still whatever. August. So um, I got to run, Mike, but we should we should round out this. Unless you had more thoughts. It's August, Wilson. Did you ever think Tom Hanks ever said that on a, you know, that movie where he's on an island? You is, know, that about a, the is that ball. a pun or something about August Wilson? August Wilson. Yeah. We, you know, like he said, Wilson, you know, the ball. Is, Aug- is August Wilson a person that whose name I should know? Yeah, he's like a extremely famous playwright. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> oh so my good. god! You just you just exposed yourself. <laughs> did or did you expose? Anyways, who knows? Um, somebody exposed themselves. <laughs> you're gonna look at all this Wilson. You're gonna be like, oh my god! I don't know anything about plays, and I don't, and I've never pretended to. Okay, fences. I know, I know Black Bottom. I know Fences. I've, I saw okay. I saw that movie. Okay. It was a great movie. Well, Loved it. It was a play. Um, Mike, where can they find us? <laughs> Sorry. that was. I apologize for that diversion. They can find us on Twitter at com. There's so many great ways to reach out. I'd say the best way, though, get in that Discord. Brian, tell people where the Discord, Discord. is. Discord.gg slash glue guys. It's the link. You just click the link, and it brings you to the Discord app. It's an invite to discord get in there the link will be in our twitter bio or in the youtube description if you're watching on youtube below and also either smash that like button or the subscribe button mike we're out of here thanks for everybody as you've probably heard by now we've teamed up with betmgm this season we'll be using betmgm lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week if you haven't signed up for betmgm yet use bonus code the athletic and you'll get a one-year subscription to the athletic plus up to a fifteen hundred dollar first bet offer on your first wager with betmgm here's how it works 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.